success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us on the She's Invincible podcast and we have an amazing guest for you today. We have Carol Vandenhenda. Carol is an award-winning author who pens stories of resilience and hope. She's also a speaker, strategist, and serves on nonprofit boards. One secret to her good fortune, her humorous husband, fun-loving twins, and Rescue Cat, who proved that love really does conquer all. Welcome, Carol. It's so great to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me, Cammie. Oh, it's such a joy. Such a joy. I cannot wait to just dive into this and, and just reveal everything to our listeners. I know they're just going to fall in love with you. So tell us, who is Carol Vandenhenda, and what makes you invincible? Well, Carol Vandenhenda has multiple aspects to me. Um, on the one hand, I'm a marketer and strategist and digital technologist, you know, by day. And then um, outside of work, I'm also an author, speaker, and, strateg- and uh, you know, board member, as you had mentioned. And, you know, I love this idea of what makes me invincible because I think that we all have that capability and that power inside of us. And it's what are the events in life that are going to really bring it out. And so for me, when I think about that invincibility, I think there's actually three components to it. And the first, I would actually give credit to, because none of us is an island, right? And so I give credit to my heritage. I feel like I come from um, really strong family stock. You know, in my family, I have you know, engineers and doctors and, you know, just people who've really strived for success. I'm really proud of my grandmother who um, was born in Shanghai. And this was back in the, I don't even know what decade it would be, but, you know, in a time when it was unheard of, she was the president of a um, bank in Shanghai. Wow. For a woman, a Chinese woman to be president of a bank back in her day was just incredible, you know, unheard of. And so I think I come from a family that really, you know, strives and and values that work ethic. So I'm appreciative of that for sure. And then secondly, I'd say I've been certainly forged as all of us are by the events in our life. And, you know, life hands you lemons and hands you challenges. And mine came early. I, um, you know, actually lost my dad when I was 12. And that is a lesson that, you know, it's, it's really hard for a kid to get their head around, the idea of forever. Um, and so that, you know, 
created and really forged a resilience in me, um, an understanding of, you know, kind of what can happen in the world. The world is not all good, unfortunately. And that lesson came at a very young age. And so um, it made me really strong. It, it made me have to be strong. I actually, when I left for college, I had absolutely nothing, no money to my name, nothing. I had to go on a partial scholarship. I had to work all through school to even be able to get my degree. And it makes me really grateful to even, you know, be able to work. Um, I think, uh, you know, to find work that it's meaningful, which I have, I feel incredibly grateful for. And then the third thing, you know, because I think this idea of invincibility oftentimes comes, you know, makes you think about the achievement orientation and can be, um, you know, very concrete concept. But I also think that part of what makes not just me invincible, but so many of us is um, empathy for people and, you know, kind of the emotional or the EQ part of our being, you know, of allowing ourselves to feel and to be human, um, that together with the experiences that formed resilience and, you know, some strong stock, I think all of that together adds up to invincibility. I love that. That is amazing. So that is, I just want to break this down a little bit. So your grandmother from Shanghai was a president of a bank. Now, this is such a big deal because back then, I mean, that had to be like, I'm just going to guess like around 1930s, maybe. Um, your that would be around the time of your grandmother, you know, being in there. And um, when was it that women were even allowed to vote in China? Like, <laughs> there's even more to this story. I mean, it's, I love that you love this part because, you know, she's incredible. And so many people in my family are really incredible for, for lots of things. But this grandmother that we're talking about, not only was she president of the bank, she also which was unheard of at the time, um, her husband had a, um, an addiction and she left him. She divorced her husband also at a time which was unheard of. And then when um, the communist ruling party came to China and caused you know, her to feel like she and her family were in an unstable or maybe unsafe situation, she had the guts and the wherewithal and actually both sides of my family had the same wherewithal to leave everything they had behind to flee the country. She went to Hong Kong. My mother's side of the family went to Taiwan before ending up here in the U.S. And, you know, that, that takes guts to leave behind your bank accounts, your real estate, your, your friends and your family, like just incredible strength for which I am eternally grateful because I am so happy I was born in the U.S. and so proud to be an American and feel incredibly patriotic. And so I'm really grateful that my both sides of my family had that strength to do that, to make that decision. Yes, and I believe, just what I, from what I know about you, that you've inherited a lot of the guts and the grit that it takes to make those decisions that they made to do some of the things that you've done so far in your life. So I just can't wait to talk more about that. Wow. Okay. So um, 
we are going to talk a little bit about, and I think this is so important, uh, you know, I know that marketing is, is a big, big uh, topic for you. And so I would love to talk a little bit about the importance of that and about, in particular, uh, visual identity. So I think that, you know, that has always been important, but I think now the, the lights are shining on that because of the situation that we're in, right? With, with the pandemic and how people are shifting and they're reinventing themselves. And they're just, I don't think we can talk enough about that. So let's just dive into that. Well, I love that topic. You know, I have, I've, you know, been in marketing for 15 plus years, running, leading all different types of brands. And I've always loved the design and graphics and visual parts of the work. And, you know, when I speak at writers' conferences, I speak about personal brand, I think, speak about visual identity, I speak about marketing plans. The visual identity piece is so fun and amazing. And I think that the perspective I bring when I speak about those things is I always start from the brand promise. You know, you have to have clarity around what you stand for to be able to say, how does that then translate into visual identity? And so I had the opportunity to actually apply that to my own book. And of course, all of this makes so much sense because there's a huge portion of human brains that is about our eyesight. And so we are quite, you know, moved by things that we see visually and sometimes in subconscious or, you know, maybe not at conscious ways. And so when I approached the um, design of my book cover, I worked with amazing designers at my publisher. I first was really clear about the brief. What is it that I'm trying to communicate? Because that's what, you know, what's at the center of the tension of the book. And so a really powerful single-minded brief was the place I started. And for me, this book, Goodbye Orchid, this book of my heart, has at its center um, a physical and emotional shattering of the protagonists of their lives and how they come back together after that. And so my brief was, what is the way in which we can visually capture that emotional and physical shattering? And I shared different samples that could maybe capture that idea because the, um, the main characters' names are Phoenix and Orchid. And because Phoenix, um, who is, you know, a good-hearted person and it's fallen in love with Orchid and actually um, feels really protective of her. They've worked together and he knows that she's had trauma in her childhood and he feels really protective of her because of that. So what happens is when he suffers an accident and has to decide whether um, to love her, he might need to leave her, that that is, you know, at the heart of the tension of the book. And how do you capture that really emotional idea and that the, the gravitas and the size of that um, story in a simple visual. And so this idea of capturing Goodbye Orchid as showing orchids that are shattering was just such a powerful visual to capture that idea. And then what we've done, because, you know, that is just, it's like such the perfect 
image to capture the idea of goodbye orchid, these shattering orchids, it plays out in a number of different places. So that's the visual that's on the cover. But we've also animated that. And so there's a, an animated version of the cover where you can see the orchids actually shattering instead of just as a still image, which is incredible. And we've also um, embedded that idea as a design, what you might call in tech terms, you might call an Easter egg. So there's a surprise hidden in the physical copies of the book. So if you have a paperback or hardcover copy of the book and you open it up, you can flip through the pages and on the corner, the bottom right corner of every page, there's a little orchid. And what happens as you flip through the pages is the orchids appear to shatter until you get to the blackest moment of the story, the darkest moment for the protagonists. And then they come back together until you get to the emotionally satisfying ending. Wow. That's amazing. Most, most authors don't do that. <laughs> they, they just give you the story. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Talk about visual. Wow. That's amazing and such a good example. So let's do this. Let's give our listeners some ideas. Some, so if maybe they're not writers, maybe they are um, reinventing themselves. Uh, you know, they still have to tell a story, right? In whatever it is that they're going to reinvent themselves. So what kind of suggestions would you give uh, in that sense? Like maybe a few tips. Yeah, I mean, I think... I love the word reinvention, Cami. So thank you for asking me about that because I feel like in some ways that encapsulates my career and my life. And I think I would just give so much encouragement to everyone who's listening and everyone who's out there that reinvention is very much within all of our grasp. I think each of us as human beings has so much potential and so much that we're capable of. And so for my own journey, what I found is that I actually, you know, started, and this is funny because this will circle back to the writing as well. Um, although I wanted to be an English major, my nice traditional Chinese family convinced me that I should leverage my math and science capabilities in some way. And so I ended up starting my freshman year of college as an engineering major. And the only thing those two things have in common is the first three letters. So... I finished school with my industrial engineering degree and started in digital technologies. And what I found was I certainly had a lot of capabilities there. I can be incredibly analytical and actually loved the work. But I also felt a need to be closer to the consumer, closer to insights, and closer to brands. And so I got my MBA, which was my first reinvention. And so I think education, you know, in terms of lessons, education can certainly be a way to reinvent, but certainly not the only way, because you'll hear, hear more in this story. And so from there, um, loved my career, you know, marketing brands and you know, the creative aspects of that, the challenges, fun. But then also, I felt a draw to think about the long term more. And that's where I ultimately am now. My career most recently has been in insights and strategy, and I love those, you know, the big picture thinking, having that breadth of perspective. And I think that if I had told my 20-something-year-old self that I could be, you know, 
digital technologist, and I could be a marketer, and I could be a strategist. I don't think I would have believed me, but that potential for reinvention is in everyone. If I can do it, anyone can do that. And it's about looking for the things that make you curious, looking for the things that make you passionate, and pursuing them and not being afraid to let go of the old in favor of the new and to experiment and to enjoy. I love that. Oh my gosh. So that is like my theme is that you have to let go of the good to get the great, right? You can't, you cannot reach for the great while you're still clutching the good. And that takes so much courage, right? Uh, that is not easy to do, but I love what you said too about curious and passionate, uh, uh, that's what it's all about, right? It's like find the thing that you're passionate about and then just chase that. I love, love that. Such great wisdom. So, okay, now we're going to shift a little bit and I, I, let's talk a little bit more about your book. I love how you use that uh, in your example of visual identity, but I also want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, have you always wanted to be a writer? Have you always been a writer? Tell us a little bit about that background. It is so true. I mean, and it's a bit of a cliche, but as a kid, I loved to read. And I started writing at a young age. I was writing stories. I was penning tales. I was, you know, um, I'm a very imaginative person. I was an imaginative kid and would dream up all these what-if questions. And so I've been writing, you know, for as long as I can remember. And that's what makes it so lovely now. <clears throat> it truly is a dream come true to now be a published author. Because in that moment when I was a senior in high school and wanting to be an English major, but had that shift in my life to becoming an engineering major, which I don't regret at all. I've loved my career and have loved all those experiences. But it really is coming full circle now to being a published author. This is, you know, something I dreamed of as a child. And I think it is, you know, it was always in me and, um, it's a lovely experience to have that. That's awesome. So tell everyone uh, where they can find your book. Uh, when can they order it? Where can they order it? So the pub date for this book is October 1st, and it is available on Amazon, IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, Target, pretty much anywhere books are sold. And it's available as an ebook, as paperback, and hardcover. Fabulous. And I heard a rumor that this book hasn't even gone on sale yet and it is already being awarded. So tell us about that. It has been an incredibly exciting few weeks, these last few weeks, because um, within one week, I found out that Goodbye Orchid had been honored by the American Fiction Award for Urban Fiction and also won the 2020 Pinnacle Achievement Award for Multicultural Fiction. Um, and multicultural because the character is actually Orchid is a half Asian marketer. And so the multicultural element is in there. And then that same week I found out from Writer's Digest that one of my short stories um, achieved an honorable mention, which is no small feat. That's a really well, you know, um, that's a 
that's a contest that gets a lot of entries. And I imagine that entries have increased as well, where writers, you know, it, during this t- downtime over the last six months that writers have had more uh, to write about, more time to write and things like that. So I think that that even increases competition, right? Uh, Absolutely. And then, you know, and then this last week has been also a whirlwind because I heard in quick succession that Goodbye Orchid was named one of the top most anticipated fall reads, first by BuzzFeed and then by Parade. And then I just found out Travel and Leisure um, put it on their top 20 books to look for in the fall as well. That is amazing. Congratulations to you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Cammie. Oh, I love that. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. So probably the easiest place to go is simply to my website. So my whole name all run together, that long name, carolvandenhenda.com. And then if you do slash contact, that's the best way to get in touch with me, to ask me questions, to sign up for my email list. And then you can find me on all the socials as well. Awesome. And can we pre-order the book? Like, I know it's not ready to go till October 1st, but is it okay to pre-order? It is available for pre-order as we speak. So go for it. Beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited to read that. Okay. So, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we not only feature fierce female entrepreneurs and have them share all of their success and their knowledge and wisdom to help our listeners to learn something new, something they can apply to their life or their business and make it better right now. And I appreciate you so much for doing that with me this evening. But we also promise them that we are going to let them behind the scenes and that we are going to share with them a little bit about your journey, about, you know, what it was like journeying from where you started to where you are today. And so we're going to jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's start with the good. I always say that, tell me the good news first, right? (laughs) So let's start with the good. Do you have a story you can share with our listeners about something really good or great that was part of your journey? Well, listen, right now where I'm sitting, I feel like there is so much good. There is just good coming out of every corner of my life. My life feels incredibly full, you know, good from Um, My husband and my twins, good from work that feels really meaningful. You know, I get to give back to the community by being on a board of trustees for a special needs school, the good in terms of being a published author and a speaker and therefore being able to make an impact on others, you know, in a positive way. And then recently finishing climate reality leader training with Al Gore, which was an incredible experience. So just, you know, feeling very, very full and fortunate. of tons with tons of good. That's amazing. So is there one in particular in your journey that is just stands out? It could be right now with your book or is there one, just one thing? Yeah. I mean, it is quite a trip right now to be um, publishing a book that is you know, honestly meant to do good in the world. It is fiction. And so it will be, you know, entertaining or emotional and meaningful to read, but also it, um, 
is actually consistent with the personal why I've written for myself. You know, I've said, you know, when I ask myself, what is it that I want to leave as my legacy or why am I, you know, what's the meaning of my life and why am I here? I actually articulate it for myself as inspiring people and planet, um, inspiring hope and empathy for people and planet. And so this book is actually one way in which to do that. It's actually more about inspiring empathy and hope for people. And so I'm just, you know, feel really fortunate and so happy and excited for it to be out there to do that. When I signed my contract with my publisher, he said to me, this book is going to do good in the world. And that is why we have chosen to work with you and are signing this contract with you. Wow. That's great. <laughs> that, that is great when, when you have a conversation like that as you enter into a deal like that. Well, congratulations to you. How did that feel? Yeah. I mean, I know that was such a journey for you. And to finally get to that point, how did that feel? It felt amazing. Um, but I think I'd gotten to the point where it wasn't so much validation I was looking for. It was actually that to find a business partner got the work. It got what it is intended to be and got what the potential could be. Because it is so much bigger than just a book. It's, you know, really someone's life, although it's an imagined life, it's someone's life encapsulated in a story told about the most gripping heart, honestly, heart-wrenching part of these protagonists' life. That is what is in Goodbye Orchid. That is amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And this oh. book, it's inspired by combat wounded veterans, and therefore a portion of the profits are going to go to military and other charities. That is beautiful. I, I did not know that, so that that is amazing. Yeah, I've been so fortunate. The people I've met by writing this book, I actually have probably a half dozen military veterans who have wholeheartedly endorsed this book, including two Purple Heart recipients who have said that I get their experience. Nothing wow. can touch me more than that. In fact, one of them said I actually gave him perspective on his own experience that he had never had before. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that is so much to be celebrated. So now we have to kind of take a shift. <laughs> and as, as we are, you know, so passionate and excited about that great story, um, we do have to talk about the bad. So do you have a story that wasn't so great that maybe was a bad story that could have made you give up on your dreams well, listen, you know, this publication story we were just talking about, the story behind the story, before it got to this point of award-winning and top, you know, anticipated fall pick, was not so easy because this journey started more than five years ago. And when I first started writing and realized that I had a story that deserved to be out in the world and wanted to be told and should be out there, you know, the journey um, took a long time. At first, it seemed fairly fast. Once I'd gotten the manuscript together, I was actually able to find an amazing agent who believed in the work. But we started pitching to um, 
the big houses, the big New York houses, you know, the big five. And I was pitching a lot of times at, um, you know, at the heart of the story, it's actually a contemporary fiction story with romantic elements. And given the romantic elements and the love story between Phoenix and Orchid, I was at romance conferences, romance writers conferences and pitching romance editors on this story. And it was, you know, I kept getting this feedback that was, oh, you know, like the story or I like the writing, but not quite right for us. And so the bad was the number of rejections, the, you know, um, feeling like this was something that should be out there and then not finding that traction, not finding the right home. And actually, for a while, I put it on a shelf. I thought, well, maybe this just wasn't meant to be. And it lay dormant for years, you know, probably lay dormant for five years until, you know, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, I just had this strong feeling there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. We maybe need a bit of optimism and hope and, and examples of resilience and that I just got this fire in my belly again that it should be out there. And I just had this incredible fortune, you know, from knowing many People in the writers' community is really supportive and an amazing community. And reached out to some contacts and said, you know, is there someone I should be talking to that I haven't talked with yet? And one of my friends who owns a bookstore, has been in the publication industry for decades. It's an incredible resource. Her name is Sherry Stout. She owns Main Street Reads. She said, have you checked out Kohler Books? And I hadn't. And this was, you know, the match that really made all the difference. And so although it, I had gone through the bad, you know, times of pitching and getting rejected and five years of waiting with a manuscript on the shelf, um, to find a publisher that really understood the work was an incredible gift. That's amazing. So you really wrote this a long time ago. And it's really just coming out now. So how did you, how did you really, I, I want to say like drum up the courage, right? Because you had been rejected so many times, not, well, you, your book, your story. Um, but how did you really, like that took a lot of guts to, after, you know, being rejected over and over and then putting it on a shelf and kind of just letting it go to really like fire that passion back up and continue to pursue that even in spite of all of the, you know, I, I don't like lost for words, you know, <laughs> re rejection. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Re yeah, pure rejection. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the things that women are really, you know, afraid of and they shy away from like really putting themselves out there to protect themselves from rejection. And here you ran right into it. So yeah, head first, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think there's definitely something to be said. And, you know, you talk about lessons for the audience. There's something to be said about perseverance. And your other guests have talked about it with great eloquence. And I would echo that. Perseverance, you know, if you believe in something and you're doing it for the right reasons and it's consistent with your why, those are great reasons to continue to try. For me, the catalyst was, you know, I've been speaking at writers' conferences for the last seven years, and I love it because it's a way for me to impact people and to give back my expertise and knowledge and to help other authors on their journey. 
this last fall, I spoke at a conference that I've spoken at multiple times many years. And as part of the speaker package, you are allowed to pitch agents and editors. And I thought, why not? In describing my story to these agents and editors, I rediscovered that I still had as much passion inside of me for this story and wanting it to be told as I had had five years ago. And actually also the reaction I was getting from the agents and editors, that this is really interesting. There's something to this. This reminds me of something I've been watching on Netflix. And it just reminded me that there was, there was good in here. And actually that agent I'd met more than five years ago has been a cheerleader in my corner ever since. He has said to me again and again, in those five years when I had put it on the shelf and thought that it was dead, he had said to me, why don't you just publish it? You could self-publish it. He said, it is good. The work, and he's been in, in publishing for, I want to say, five decades. His entire life, he's been the um, head of Amazon Publishing. He's been the head of Time Warner Books, which is now Hachette. He knows publishing, and he loved this work. And so to have somebody else, not that I'm saying, you know, that your belief has to come from an external source because of course the most powerful beliefs come from our own internal source. But to have that external support, to have that kind of, he calls himself a mensch, is actually really powerful to remind me that it's not just some crazy dream on my part and to have somebody with that kind of credibility and experience in the industry to say those things, you know, really fired me up, <laughs> really fired me up. And, you know, actually interesting, when you were asking me this question, I realized a parallel that I hadn't realized before. Because the main character in this book, Phoenix Walker, his name is Phoenix because he's actually faced such big challenge in his life that he's had to rise from ashes and reinvent himself. And it is actually a beautiful parallel that I had never realized until you asked me the question, Cammie, that Goodbye Orchid as a book also had to rise from ashes to be the strong, beautiful, worthwhile work that it is now. That is amazing. Isn't it fun when you start to talk about things that you have these realizations that just all come full circle? That is amazing. And let me just say that this gentleman who has supported and encouraged you, we need more people like that in our circle, don't we? That no matter what are believing in us, even when we're not believing in ourselves, what a gift that man was to you and to this you know, book and to getting it out there in the world. That is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. He is quoted on the back of my book. Larry oh, Kirschbaum's good. quote is on the back of my book. He is in my acknowledgments along with so many people who just made this possible. That is amazing. Oh, that doesn't even sound like a bad story now. <laughs> so <laughs> now we're, we're going to go into the ugly. So uh, do you have a story that you could use to encourage our listeners today? 
Yeah. So when it comes to the ugly story, I'm actually thinking about one of the most disruptive times in my adult life. You know, so I've, you know, had this long career in marketing and I had this opportunity, you know, presented to me at work that I could go and run our gifting business, our chocolate gifting business in China. Now, it is ugly because it seemed like a pretty big risk to leave behind everything I knew. I was born and grew up in the U.S. You know, I um, had kids, twins, who were seven at the time in school, in elementary school. My husband had a job. You know, how, how are we going to do this? You know, and it, um, it was probably, it would have been easier. It definitely would have been easier to simply say, no, thank you. And there wouldn't have been repercussions. The company would have been fine, you know, or we'll find somebody else. There's no obligation to say yes. Um, but I think, and this is maybe something I would love for your listeners to take away, because I find this question that I ask myself to be a very useful question in many cases and has guided me well in my choices in my life. So I'm faced with what seemed like a place of sacrifice and a difficult choice. And my coach at the time actually asked me this question. She said, what would you regret more? Would you regret going and then finding it is really difficult? And maybe, you know, I was afraid of failing. Maybe you will fail. Would you regret that more? Or would you regret staying behind staying with what you know and never knowing what would have happened if you had taken the risk, if you had tried. That question unlocked so much clarity for me that I would definitely regret not trying more than trying and failing. And so my husband quit his job. We pulled the kids out of school. And there was more sacrifice to come because I actually went to China first before the family came. I was without my husband, without my kids for several months, getting started in the job, getting the house set up, and I really missed them. Um, but it was worth the sacrifice. It, and it also was, it was definitely not an easy journey, but it was probably one of the most powerful journeys of my career because here I showed up in a country where I'd actually never been to China, even though I'm ancestrally Chinese. I had never even been to China until the year I moved there. I land into the airport completely illiterate because I cannot read Chinese characters, barely able to speak. I taught myself Mandarin using Rosetta Stone, which <laughs> was enough to allow me to speak to, my, to the taxi driver a little bit. But, I mean, that is, you know, it takes a lot of guts to just show up in a foreign country knowing no one, being illiterate, not even having the currency in hand, just, and then to, to actually be able to navigate all that, and not only navigate, but to excel in that environment was such a confidence boost to feel like, if I can do this, what more could I do? Because I took a business that was declining and I was had clarity around why it was strategically important and 
with the help of an incredible cross-functional team, was able to turn that business around to grow 30% in year one and 35% in year two. You know, so ultimately I look back and what felt like such a difficult decision to make was ultimately such an incredible boon to my own, you know, experience, to my whole family's experience, to have that experience to live overseas, to live as expats, to live in a different country was just an incredible experience that my children will never forget, that my husband will never forget. That is an amazing story of your journey. And you're right, that is ugly when you're faced with making a decision like that with, you know, being a mom, being a wife, right? All of the things and being an entrepreneur or, you know, in your case in corporate America and really climbing that ladder and uh, taking advantage of opportunities that are presented. That is amazing. And, you know, just listening to you share that story just makes me think about your your grandparents and how they left everything, right? Like this is not new to you or to your family. You, you already know the story because you've already heard the stories of all the courage that they had and, and the things that they did and the risks that they took. And here you are out there doing it too. And that is just amazing. It has been such a joy to chat with you today. I'm so excited for you and for to read your book and to have it out in the world where you really can make that impact and that difference. Is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, any final words before we sign off this evening? You know, the last thought I would just leave everyone with is just that I think in our world right now, we see a lot of um, chaos and difficulty but I think all of us have it in us to strive towards the good and to make that difference. And I believe in the collective us as being good. And so I would just, you know, encourage all of us to look for that place where we can make that difference. That's amazing. Well, you guys, you heard it from her yourself, the author of the soon to be published book out there for you to get your hands on. Goodbye, Orchid. And this is the amazing Carol Vandenhenda. Thank you so much for being with us. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.